latest episode of The Claw's Corner. Today's guest is a writer, producer, arranger, engineer, mixer, musician, singer, and voiceover actor. His extremely impressive collaborations include Stevie Wonder, Ringo Starr, Hans Zimmer, Usher, John Legend, Snoop Dogg, Beck, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Gloria Stefan, George Duke, George Clinton, Tony, 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 and many, many more. For the last 18 years, he has worked with the great Sheila E. as her engineer, collaborator, and as her lead guitarist. He recently released his debut album entitled Genesis. Songs such as Let There Be Light, Celebrate, and Summertime make this a must for everyone's collection. So what the hell am I waiting for? Let's get right to it. Please welcome the extremely versatile and the exceptionally talented Michael Gabriel to the Claws Quarter. Michael, wow. how are you? I'm doing great. Rich Claws Quarter listeners. So yes. great to be here. Oh, man. We're going to have a party. Yeah, we have a party. It's starting right here. <laughs> Speaking of parties. All right. So first of all, I want to thank, thank Shauna. She is the one to help me get this interview ready for you. And she introduced me to your work. And so um, I got to tell you a story. This is hilarious. I'm, I said, let me check it out. I put in the music and the first song came on. It was called In the Beginning. I'm like, all right, this is pretty good. I'm at a red light. All of a sudden, Let There Be Light came on. Yeah, I started banging my headmaster oh. around. People next to me, I think they were, they thought I was having a seizure. I think they were getting ready to call the paramedics. <laughs> so then the song ends. I said, all right, good. I could take a break. Then Celebrate <laughs> comes on. I'm like, oh, no, here we go again. A- another another right hook. <laughs> this record is full of right hooks. I loved every song on it. Oh, that is so great. You know, you, when you create something, you know, you're, you're kind of burying your soul. Right. And so, you know, to hear that just really warms my heart. That's great. And, and that, that's exactly what I was going for that type of reaction from in the beginning to let there be light. It's just, it's supposed to feel like, just like everything's coming to life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about the title because obviously I'm guessing Genesis has to do with the Bible, but could also be interpreted in so many ways. One, as the Bible, or two, as a new beginning to your career. Yeah, it's all of those things. See, I love polysemantic storytelling, stories and ideas with with more than one meaning. So yes, it's it's part biblical allegory, but it's speaking to my origin and my journey. And it's, um, it's a multi-genre album by intention because I, it, I have been inspired throughout my career by so many styles of music. So that's what you hear on the record. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, I want to talk about your beginnings in a little bit, but I still want to stick with this because a great compliment to this album are the videos that you do. And I'm watching the videos, and I can see how much fun you're having. So yeah. Videos such as Let There Be Light, Ghost in the Midnight, Sights and Sounds. And it's just you having yeah. a great time. I think one of these videos was filmed in your living room. Yeah, Sights and Sounds was filmed in the in my living room during the pandemic. And I we love had to it. get really it, it's uh, it's inspired, you know, if you watch it, watch it through this lens because um the inspiration for the video was Peter Gabriel's sledgehammer. And yes, so like that. it's it's kind of the stop motion and it's it's just his face, it's just him and all these crazy things are happening around him. So that was the kind of the inspiration. So it was kind of fun to you know, play with the limitations that we had to deal with during the pandemic because we had to get really creative. Yeah, well, creative you did. Now, who came up with the concept for the videos? Was it you? Yeah, my, myself and my and my wife. My wife right. helps me shoot some of the videos, especially during the during the pandemic. I was like, okay, you're the camera person. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love it. You you kept busy no matter what. There must have been yeah. a tough two years, probably even longer, because it lingers on in some places. It does. It does. But it's it's great to see, you know, now that um, especially live uh, touring, live concerts are, are back uh, in a big way. It's great mm-hmm. to see people united, you know, for our love of music again. Yeah, you know what? I think in one way, this made people appreciate, it was a good thing in a way where it made people appreciate going out and seeing shows more because right. there's so many times I used to see shows pre-COVID and it would be half full. People wouldn't even be getting into it. Right. Now, all of a sudden, people because people in the past would say, oh, you know what? They'll come around again after COVID. Now, right. everywhere I go is packed. People are getting into it. People are having a good time. Yeah. I think they appreciate it more and they realize maybe it won't come around again. Maybe something else will happen. It'll be even worse. Right. So I and- love the fact that that's the one good thing that came out of COVID. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes you don't know what you have until it's gone. And yeah. live live concerts was definitely a prime example of that. Yeah. I have a question for you regarding this album. You play every instrument on the album. There's... Yes. So, yep. so question, question for how many instruments, yeah, first of all, do you play on this uh, album? You, you know what? Is that however, is, whatever is necessary, you know, because I was brought up with the school of thought <laughs> that if you can sing it, if you can hum it, you can play it. And I kind of get impatient in the studio. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the engineer as well. Um, I'm an engineer by trade. And so when I'm in the studio and, you know, you have that stroke of genius, you just have to, you have to get it out because I feel that recording is about, in, in, in writing and creating music, is about capturing a moment, mm-hmm. right? It's, and sometimes the perfection is in the imperfection. You know, and, exactly. you know, sometimes, you know, we, we produce something to death or we, you know, try to get that perfect take and we end up going back to the first initial thing that we played anyway, you know, so it's about really capturing a moment. It's about capturing a feeling and, and, and just the sentiment that you're going after is the most important and most critical factor. I feel when you're creating music. I'm glad you brought that up because I heard you mention in other interviews that you said you do not copy and paste. You play the song all the way through, which I love because you know, pre-auto tunes, people didn't, weren't able to do that. So I like that. It has that raw feel. It has that live feel. It's fun and it's not overly produced. And I appreciate that. So question for you is when you're recording, how many takes does it normally take you to do the song? Um, it, it really does vary. And I, I think any creative will tell you that, but so, so often if I find myself thinking about the parts that I'm playing, it's, it's not the one, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's again, going back to capturing a moment, capturing, you know, that feeling, you know, there's so many, some of my favorite recordings, you know, there's just, re- I was talking to uh, someone else. Uh, I can't remember the song uh led zeppelin shoot um but the 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 singer was going through something at the time and he just belted out you know a scream and that ended up on the recording that just that was on the record yeah you know and and so it's about you know just capturing that you know as as far as uh, you know the takes i generally will find myself going back to you know sometimes you know the first or second you know take you know, or, or trying to emulate that and going, you know what, that was, that was the one that was kind of the, that was the magic in the bottle, that moment. Um, but you know, however many it takes to get it right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, even are you, I'm sure you have such an eclectic taste in music from just your, your growing up and everything you've listened to people, all the people you've played with. Are you a jazz fan? 
Yeah, I, I'm a fan of all types of music. Yeah. I feel that music is a universal language. There's some of my favorite songs are songs that aren't even in English, you yeah. know, but, you know, I can I can feel the musicians just kind of burying their soul, you know, opening up their chest and just saying, hey, this is what I got. And I there's something very admirable, admirable about that. And uh, I, I just I'm, I'm just attracted to, to that kind of energy. Yeah, no, me too. And I love that. And the reason I asked you that is because the one I was thinking of when you were saying that is Miles Davis. They, I, heard, I saw a documentary on him and he would just get up there and start jamming with the band. He wouldn't even know where he was going to go with the song. He just went with how he felt. Right. And they would play for like one song would be 20 minutes or three hours. They would just, whenever it ended, it ended. And I love well, that. It's, it's like a conversation, you know, yeah. it's just about the back and forth. It's about the pauses. And then you, you know, you can, you can go on a rant, you can go on a tangent. You might curse a little bit here and there. You joke, you know, a little bit, be playful sometimes, get in an argument. You know, it's about that back and forth. And it's, it's about trying to, you know, um, make a genuine connection with, especially in a band, with the people that you're playing with. And, and listening is a huge part of that. Yeah. So question for you. So I know we're going to get into you being the guitar player for Shield E. But for this album, do you plan on going on tour? And if you do, do you already have musicians picked out to back you up? Yes, I do have some musicians. And uh, we're planning on going out. Um, and in 2023 is kind of what we're planning. So we're kind of revving everything up in preparation for 2023. So expect to see us on the road pretty soon. All right. Well, hopefully I'm in Connecticut. So hopefully you're either Connecticut, New York, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New Jersey. Yeah. You know what? I'll find a way to get there. I'm going to see you in concert. All right. We'll see you there, man. <laughs> All right. I want to get back to the videos for a moment. because I was talking about how much fun your videos were, how lighthearted they were. But I want to bring up two videos in particular, two that were a little bit more heavy, a little bit more powerful. One was Fury. The other one was Invictus. I want to talk about that. Yes. Um, you know, it's hard to, it's, it's somewhat difficult to talk about sometimes, but, you know, I think it's a important subject matter that we um, touch on, you know, the, the, everything that occurred during the time of, um, during the time of George, George Floyd, I feel like we were all feeling something stirring within us. And, you know, that emotional weight um, for me came out in the expression of those two songs. And I feel like a lot of what I had to say regarding that, I left on those tracks. And, you know, it's, I, I, I would highly appreciate people go check them out if you haven't. They're Furian and Invictus. Um, but yeah, those, those will always hold a special place in my heart. What I love about them, as I mentioned, they're very powerful. They have a great message, but you also have the lyrics as on the screen so people can read what you're saying and that makes it to me even more powerful because you're reading it and you're seeing the images of what's going on yeah and that was by design yeah yeah i just sat there going wow so they were the effect that you wanted you succeeded thank you thank you rich yeah so i want to get back to uh go back to michael gabriel the early years yeah sure so tell me why if it wasn't for the Purple Rain tour, you wouldn't be here to tell the tale. Yes. So <laughs> that is a, that is an interesting love story, as I like to call it. Um, my, so my father is Gilbert Davison, who was Prince's uh, personal security and ended up becoming his manager and president of Paisley Park. My mother worked with Sheila E. 
And actually, they grew up together in the Bay Area. She became her co-lyricist and tour manager. So my parents actually met while working on the Purple Rain World Tour. And so I, I jokingly say I'm a, I'm a Purple Rain World Tour love child. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, and so, you know, growing up in that atmosphere, you know, you have to remember all that I was experiencing was through the eyes of a child. So, you know, I didn't really appreciate the uniqueness of the situation until yeah. I was a little bit older. And now, you know, I'm filled with gratitude because, you know, I've, I've, I've grown up in this and uh, made a career for myself in it. You know, um, it was just a natural progression for me to, um, I fell in love with guitar first. You know, it's, it's hard not to fall in love with guitar when you're listening to sign of the times, you know, on repeat in your house. Oh man, <laughs> that album. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah. And so, you know, that turned into a love for songwriting, which turned into a love for engineering. And I went to school for engineering and at 16 years old, I called Sheila up and I said, uh, you know, Hey, who's actually my godmother. I called her and I said, you know, Hey, is it possible for me to fly out to LA and, you know, just kind of be a fly on the wall in the studio. You know, I'm willing to help out in any way that I can. You know, I'm a, uh, a brand new audio, you know, graduate. And she said, yeah, sure. And uh, her head engineer ended up leaving to go out on tour. She said, do you know how to run any of this equipment or anything? And I said, yeah, sure. You know, I don't know if I was naive or just enthusiastic, but, you know, I, I tried to rise to the challenge as, as best I could. And uh, like I said, that turned into a career working with other artists, working in film and television and tour, live touring and all of that. So, you know, what? it's funny. You have the same mentality as me. I never, ever say no. I mean, over the years, I've done things like I've been in bands. I wrote a book. I did stand-up right. comedy. I did motivational speaking. Now I do this. I, I was in radio for a while. And people say, how do you get into all these things? I said, you just never say no. Anytime yeah. there's an opportunity that arises, I'll do it. Don't yeah, worry just, about how good you are at the time. Just get your foot in the door and start right. it. Just say yes. Yeah. Yes. Just, just say yes for a change and never underestimate the power of not giving up. Exactly. I love that. So I want to talk about, I mean, obviously you, you mentioned your two parents now with two parents so deeply engrossed in the music world. I can imagine you were introduced to music at a very, very early age. What was your first memory? I know you mentioned Paisley Park and Prince, Sign of the Times. Was that one of your first memories? Or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my first memory is definitely going to go back to, you know, the whole Minneapolis sound yeah. thing. I mean, that was, yeah. you know, I was that was in u utero, basically, you know. But my <laughs> parents were very, um, they were great about exposing me to all types of music from, uh, you know, uh, Elton John, Jimi Hendrix, Rolling Stones, The Beatles, um, Smokey Robinson, Earth, Wind & Fire, Stevie Wonder. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. And so, you know, I really appreciated, you know, the kind of having a well-rounded, I feel like a well-rounded sense of musicality from a, from a young age and appreciation for, you know, just music in general. Yeah, definitely. That sounds like me again, because my father was more of the rock guy. Yeah. I love the classic rock, but then my mother was more of the pop and some of the other things. So I had the best of both worlds. I would be introduced to Barry Manilow and ABBA from my mother's side, but then my father would introduce me to The Doors, Led Zeppelin, yeah. Yeah. Steve Clark Five, all that great yeah. stuff. So I just had the best of both. And luckily, I'm so glad because I'm open-minded just like you where I can enjoy it all. Like, like you said, it's how I feel and how the music makes me feel. It doesn't matter if it's pop, doesn't matter if it's 
in right. English. It's just how you turn it on. It makes you feel good. Like, yeah, I love this. Right. It's about the feeling. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. about the feeling. It must've been kind of surreal for you with all these bands you mentioned growing up, listening to being inspired by to actually play with them. Oh my gosh. The, so I'm going to, I'm going to go back a little bit. Uh, but when I first, this is even before we worked together, but uh, when I first met Stevie Wonder and shook his hand, I didn't wash my hand for like a week. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like just the, and I don't, I'm not the type of person that really gets starstruck or anything yeah. like that, but I just had such an appreciation for like all the music and history in that hand. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like responsible for so many great tunes and so many, oh, yeah. you know, historical events, even when you think about it. And, uh, you know, so then to, you know, end up working with him later, you know, in my career is just like totally surreal. And, you know, the same could be said about, you know, a number of the other people that I work with, you know, Ringo Starr. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, we, I drove up to, to his complex to record and uh, he, give, he, he gives me a big hug. <clears throat> I'm like, oh my God, like, I, like he's known me like my whole life or something like that. I, I open the door and he's the first person there and he just greets me with a hug. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, and just to just to be in the room with these legends is just incredible. And I'm just just filled with gratitude. Well, it's also so great, too, that you're these legends are so down to earth, so humble and so yes. friendly. Yes. You, you get a person like, oh, I'm a star. You know, you're over there. You're just a hired help. The fact yeah. that he came over, didn't even know you, hugged you. And I got to mention, Stevie Wonder, did you see the documentary a couple of years ago? Maybe it was last year, Summer of Soul. Oh, my gosh. All right. Yes. yes. You saw it. So the Man, opening part legendary. Is, I never knew that um, Stevie Wonder played drums. The opening scene where he's playing drums. I said, I love this. Man, I <laughs> yeah, that that one. If you have not seen it, check it out. Summer of Soul. It is an yes. incredible, incredible yes. documentary. And there's another one. It's um, about Laurel Canyon. So uh, was it so, something in music in the canyon or something to that effect? Those mm. two documentaries. I, it's something with it's um, it's documentary by Jacob Dylan. Bob Dylan's Ooh. son. I don't know that I've seen that one, but I have heard of it. Yeah, it's yeah. been on my it's been on my list to check out. Yeah, yeah, but but yes, but Summer of Soul definitely check out because it happened. It was the first time ever showing that footage too. All I these know. Years. I couldn't believe it. It was just like you know such a major like musical, not just musical, but historical event. You know, to be able to shine some light on it, it's just it's a it's a blessing in, in our time. Sure, for sure, oh, definitely. And it's, I'm so glad that we were, they were finally, I'm glad somebody filmed it. Somebody like it. Yeah. And it seemed like it was so great too. It seemed like there was less violence at that one than there was at the actual Woodstock, which I found yeah. impressive too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And, and watching the reactions of Marilyn McCoo watching herself, you know, 40 years ago is great. Just, I, oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't, it's just yeah. surreal. Yeah. So you, um, now all these people you worked with, did you work with them? as musicians or was it an engineer a ranger like what did you do it's with a, it's kind of a mixed bag you know it's a little it's a little bit of everything you know some of it was engineering some of it was mixing some of it is you know performance um it kind of varies you know one of the things that i found in my industry is the you have to be able and willing to kind of switch hats and sometimes very quickly yeah. you know and being multifaceted is you know a huge advantage in uh, our field of work um so yeah it's a little bit of everything now i know you said you went to school for engineering 
Yeah. Did you here in Minneapolis? Are you self-taught in most of the instruments that you play? Uh, I went to Berkeley College of Music for a short stint for guitar, okay. um, <clears throat> and uh, most mostly. I mean, I had some lessons when I was a kid. It's actually a funny story. So my parents uh, knew I had an affinity for guitar, and so they signed me up for classical Suzuki guitar lessons. And so you know, I'm playing this classical guitar, and I'm like, "Are you sure?" Because this doesn't sound like the exact like sound that like Jimi Hendrix played. Like it just, yeah. it sounds a little like I'm not, I'm not knocking it, but you know, at the, the ripe age of five or six years old, I could tell the difference. And, uh, you know, so, you know, fast forward a couple months and I hear the sound of an electric guitar down the hall. Right. And my dad goes, is that, is that kind of the sound that you're, you're going for? That's what you want to play? And I was like, and uh, yeah, I mean, I love I love classical guitar now, and it's yes. so appreciate it. But uh, yeah, my my first love is that that electric guitar sound, that 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 rock and roll sound, that rock and roll vibe. And the rest is history. Yes. So, but for the most part, you are self taught then. For yeah. Not, wow. Yeah. Um. You know, and uh, you know, I mean, just oh man. Uh, trying to be open to learn from, you know, those around you, you know, the, the experiences and just, you know, playing with, I mean, top tier, triple A, you know, musicians, you know, is a driving force that makes you better, you know? Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, surrounding yourself with incredible players. I mean, you have to rise to the occasion. It's in some instances, it's a trial by fire, you know? Um, but again, um, you know, a word of encouragement is to never underestimate, never underestimate yourself or the power of just not giving up, saying yes, and trying, giving it your best shot, you know, you'll surprise yourself. Exactly. Well, yeah. you definitely had the best musical education with all the people that you've performed with, that you met, that you worked with. I want to talk about a couple more. We mentioned, you know, um, we mentioned uh, Stevie Wonder, we mentioned Ringo Starr. What was it work like working with Snoop Dogg? He just seems oh. like a cool... Chill so guy. cool. Yeah. That's, un that's Uncle Snoop, right? <laughs> okay. That's what I yeah. thought. I'm glad that's that impression. Totally the vibe. Yeah, okay. that's totally the vibe. I mean, and again, I'm just going to, you mentioned it, but some of the people with the most talent are going to be the most, most humble, kind and generous people that you're ever going to meet. And yeah. I, I think that's the trend that I've noticed in all the different people that I've worked with is the ones with the most talent are generally the ones that are the most humble as well. You know and uh, and Snoop Dogg is no exception. No, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What I wanted to say, I wanted to uh, add to that because I go to something called the Chiller Convention, which is a lot of different movie stars that go there, music stars. And it seems like the people that I meet that are the most humble are the ones that already made it. They don't have to prove themselves. The ones yeah. that really have the attitude are the ones that are more up and coming and it seems like they have a chip on their shoulder and they have something right. to prove. So you are, I mean, in my, I mean, the people that I met, I have seen the exact same thing too. Where right. it's like the people that are like legendary stars. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, let's get a picture. Let's talk, and they'll go on and on about how happy they are to see the fans. Other people who are just up and coming, and are like, "All right, kid, gotta go." <laughs> right, right, yeah. So, yeah. So the other one I want to talk about is uh, the band Earth, Wind, and Fire. They're another one of my favorites. That must have been great working with them as well. Oh yeah, it's it's uh, that was a dream, and uh, we've been on uh, playing with Sheila we've been on some of the same bills 
And it's like always a joy when we're just like, oh man, we're, we're, we're on the same bill as earth, wind and fire. It's like, what a trip. And so like, you know, when we're done with the set or, you know, there's been a handful of times where, you know, we've collaborated live during the show as well. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we're on, we're always cheering each other on, you know, whether it's, you know, us playing and, you know, they're on the side watching and it's like, oh my gosh. And then, you know, when they're on stage, I'm just totally geeking out on, on the side of the stage. I'm like, man, these legends, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the, the little bit of work that we've done in the studio is just, I'm going to, uh, those are moments, um, again, capturing a moment in time. Those are moments that I'll never forget. Almost definitely. So what was your first professional job in the music business and how old were you? Oh man. Uh, I'm, I, it's, I'm just going to, I'm going to just say probably working with Sheila at her studio is probably the first as her engineer. Um, and, and I'm sorry, what was the other part to that question? Oh no, you, you were, I was going to ask how old you were. So you told, you told me earlier that you were 16 when you, yeah, about, about 16, about 16, 17. Yeah. Um, 16 turning 17 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, she, okay. No, go ahead. Um, yeah. And, so, and shortly after that, she, um, there were always different people coming in for different projects to her studio. And sometimes she, she was performing. Sometimes she'd, you know, be recording other people and whatnot. Um, she always had a presence, uh, you know, in, in heavily involved in all the different projects that came in and out of her studio. Uh, but shortly after that, um, maybe about a year, I, uh, one of the first like official releases working with her and her family. Oh my gosh on the e-family rec uh, e-family uh record uh was it just incredible because that family is just uh you want to talk about talent you know and uh and comedy oh my gosh we had some good times in the studio working on that project i can imagine because i've seen videos of you and her just your engineering in the background she's just having a good time laughing hey you yeah. gotta check this out I was never a dull thing. moment yeah she never just seems a like a, a ball of fire oh yeah yes and really down to earth yeah, definitely. I could definitely see that too. And she's another one that's a legend that's played with so many legends, such as Marvin Gaye, George Duke, Lionel Richie, Herbie Hancock, and Prince. So as I just like I mentioned with the other musicians, working with her since age 16, that is another musical education that you can never, ever get anywhere else. The school of Sheila is what I call it. All right. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how long did it take you from being her engineer at 16 to becoming her lead guitar player? Oh man, so many things have transpired. Um, ooh, it's hard. I, I'm terrible with timelines. Um, but I started coming back uh, to the live touring um, circuit with her about 11 years ago or something like that now. Maybe it's a little bit longer. Um, and uh, that was kind of more on a production side. Uh, and so then playing in the band, oh my gosh. Man, it's about eight years or something like that. Oh my gosh, I, I'm terrible with with timestamps, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a whirlwind, and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just filled with gratitude. I love it. So, are you currently still on tour with her? Yeah, I leave in two days. We're uh, playing uh, in the Bay Area, Very my good. second home. Right. So, have you ever have you done the Northeast yet? Hmm. Yeah. So we're, we kind of do, um, ooh, we've been doing a bunch of different random dates. And again, I'm, I don't even remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday, but we've been all over recently. 
We did a tour in Europe a couple months ago. Uh, we've been all over the, you know, East Coast and uh, West Coast and some places in the middle. And now we're going back to the Bay Area. So it's just been a whirlwind. I can only imagine that so you wake up like, where am I today? <laughs> what, what yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's one of the things I, I try not to look at the calendar too far ahead because I just start things start getting swirly and I'm just like, OK, what am I doing this week? <laughs> I heard you mention when I was doing my research on you that you said the toughest part is the traveling and the constant touring. Yes. But the way the music business is now, that's really the only way to make money. You're not going to make right. it from selling albums or CDs or records anymore. So, Well, the upside to that is, is the shows. Yes. You know, the traveling is the real work. You know, getting to the hotel, you know, driving from here to there. That's, the, that's what feels like work. But it all makes up for it as soon as we hit the stage. As soon as those lights come on, where it's like, okay, yeah, that's why we do this. Yeah, I can't imagine it because when I was in bands, if there was 100 people there getting into it, I was so hyped up, having the best time. I can't imagine for you looking out to the sea of people all getting into it, that feeling of just, oh, uh, it just makes you want to play harder, play better. Right, yeah. Yeah, especially when the audience is feeling it. Oh, man, that's just everything. That's everything. Oh, yeah. Capturing a moment. <laughs> well, I have to tell you how big of a Sheila E fan is. I love her so much that I watch every episode of the Magic Hour just to watch uh, her play. <laughs> that is awesome. I love the Magic Hour. I I love when they would get her involved with skits. I always thought that was so funny. Oh yeah. I think yeah. that show got a bad rep. I actually used to enjoy it myself. It yeah. only lasted oh. a couple episodes, but I, I still have some copies taped on on VHS. <laughs> yeah. Uh, every once in a while, I'll go on YouTube and watch some. Yeah. Well, with um, with Sheely, you've played so many legendary venues and events, such as the Hollywood Bowl, the Grammys, the World Games. There's one in particular I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. The Summit of the Americas. Tell me about that. Oh, my gosh. That was such a... That was such a whirlwind of an experience because you know we get there and uh, you know i i'm embarrassed to say i didn't realize that it's it's like the olympics you know so you see all of the nations walking and bearing their flags and everything and i'm just like in awe and for me that was one of the first not 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 the first time but one of the first times like i had the realization i'm like wow we can be united again you know where there's no longer you know all of this separation and uh it was just a really beautiful moment to see everybody in the stands just rejoicing in coming together you know for for sports and music in that in that night because we did the you know kind of opening ceremony so it was just uh it was uh it was really 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 cool yeah because the picture i saw was of sheila e and biden Yes, actually, you know what? I got I got the the question confused. I am so sorry. I'm talking about the World Games. You said Summit of the Americas. Yeah, they yeah. both happen back to back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, like you said before, I wake. I told up, like, you. Where the hell am I? I told you. I like. I don't know what's going on. No, that you know that was uh, that's another story. Okay, so you got you got two stories now. All right, two. Um, yes. Yeah, so Summit of the Americas. That was uh, that was awesome. That was really really cool. Um, but also kind of scary, you know, and I'm just, <laughs> we're there and we hit the stage and um, <clears throat> we're about maybe 20 feet from, from the president and all of these world leaders. 
And I'm like, this is so cool. And then I have another thought. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's probably like snipers and secret service all aimed at us on the stage. Like, and then I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm afraid to make a move. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. You know, and then then we hit and it's just like, okay, you got to block all that stuff out and you just got to play, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was a great time. And, you know, the, the president was gracious enough to come in, uh, and the first lady come up and shake our hands. And, and, and uh, you know, that's another moment that I'm just, I'll never forget. I, I love it. I can just picture you going, hey, put your hands down, put your hands yep, down. Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> hold it, hold it. Oh, it's just a guitar, I swear. No sudden movements. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I mean, as I mentioned, you've played so many, and you just, we talked about two, the World Games and the Summit of the Americas. Do you have a personal favorite out of all of the ones that you've played at? Mm. I mean, I know it must be impossible to pick. Yeah, it's it's kind of impossible to pick, yeah. you know. There and there's there's highlights that can be found in every every yeah. moment, even you know, small clubs and whatnot. You know, sometimes those are those are you know the best as well. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, the Grammys definitely sticks out to me, you know, because it's you know arguably arguably one of the world's biggest stages, you know, and uh, you know just the preparation that went into it and just kind of le the 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 lead up to it was, you know, um, we really, especially the band, we really bonded over those, you know, couple weeks that we were in rehearsals as well. You know, some of the guys, it's like, we see each other every day, um, you know, on tour. Um, but we also, you know, were able to bring some other musicians into the fold and whatnot. Um, because the tie into that was the Grammy tribute to Prince. And so uh, us playing the Grammys and the Grammy tribute, the rehearsals and the tapings and everything, happened around the same time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's another moment that, that I'll never forget. And, um, you know, there's, and, and there's a lot of pressure, you know, as a guitarist playing, you know, print songs and especially live, you know, um, there's that kind of feeling. It's like, Oh man, what if I, what if I mess up, you know, and like millions of people are watching on their television screens and whatnot, you know, a lick that everybody knows or something like that. And, you know, I just started thinking, I'm like, man, when is, when do you get to play the Grammys? It's not like this happens every day. Just enjoy the moment. Exactly. Yeah. I, I love so, that. Yeah. It was, it was so great. It was so great. I'll never forget it. Yeah. That's one regret I have is never being able to see Prince in concert. There's mm. two of my favorite moments of Prince I have to say is, I don't know where it was, but there's a video with him, Tom Petty, and some other guitar players. And Prince oh, yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of, Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yes. And the mm -hmm. other one, which to me is all-time favorite Super Bowl halftime, Prince. Oh, yeah, of course. Without of a course. doubt. Yeah. Oh, man. And then the fact that it was raining, raining, and they played Purple Rain. I'm like, dude. I'm like, did did they plan this? Did they, like, fly in a weather machine from Japan or something like that? Like, what, how, how, what mystic art is, like, how does this happen? <laughs> It was perfect. It was it was perfect. I know they could not have written that any better. I love it. Right. Yeah, you know, again, talking about the perfection happening in the imperfection, you know, mm -hmm. most people would have, you know, prayed for clear skies, you know, it happened to rain and it was it was everything. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I want to talk about your writing process. One as a solo artist and two collaborating with Sheila. Mm. So as a solo artist, uh, for me, I 
one of the reasons the Genesis record is a multi-genre album is because I feel like it's important to um, write with feeling and sentiment in mind. You know, when I wrote in the beginning, Let There Be Light, Celebrate, <clears throat> I didn't have a hard and fast idea of exactly, you know, what I wanted it to sound like, but I knew how I wanted it to feel. I knew how I wanted to feel and I knew how I wanted listeners to feel. And so that was kind of my aim. And so that's how every song starts off with. And, you know, sometimes, you know, the the conduit to that, the instrument for that musical voice, sometimes it comes out, you know, in a drum beat first. Sometimes it's a guitar riff or piano. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, I have my phone with me and I'm just like humming something into my, you know, voice memos or something like that. Um, it can come out in different ways. Uh, but for for myself and, and my projects, it's really, and, you know, even when I'm collaborating, it's really important to write with sentiment in mind. You know, the difference is, is when you're collaborating with someone else is, you know, you have to take their feelings into account. You know, what is, is it that they're trying to express and what is their vision and trying to kind of get on the same page? Because, you know, if you get too stuck with, oh, this is what I want to do and this is, you know, my vision, and my voice and whatnot, that kind of defeats the purpose of collaborating. You know, because, you know, when we come together, you know, music should be a unifying force, not a dividing force. And so when you're collaborating with something, you got to look for, you know, as many ways as you can, you know, come together and unify um, because it's going to be it's going to be translated in that music. Like if it doesn't work, people are going to be able to hear it immediately. Yeah, no, definitely. Now, one time your mother was the lyricist for Sheila. Mm -hmm. Do you uh, write lyrics for her as well? Uh, for, for Sheila? Yes. yes, for Chile. Yeah, yes, yes, I do. So it's, it's been passed down to the next generation. I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, my my mom has a saying that stuck with me forever. You know, she she recalls being you know a young young girl at the time, young woman, um, in the studio, and it's like, hey, we need some lyrics. She's like, oh, you, right now, you guys need lyrics. Yeah, we need some lyrics to the song. Here's here's what it sounds like. Okay, you know, we we need them in the next you know hour, you know, fifteen minutes. She's like, okay. And she would tell herself, you know, okay, Connie, you're, you're a writer. So just, just go write. And so, <laughs> and so that's, what I that's what I tell myself. I'm like, okay, you're a writer. Go write. <laughs> Call yourself a writer. You're, you better go write something. <laughs> you know, what's funny. Speaking of writing, did you ever see the documentary on the Bee Gees? It came oh. out not that long ago. My buddy was telling me about that. That's another one that's been on my list to see. I have not, but tell me about it. All right, so they were in what they did. For, and I, I almost, if I didn't see it, I wouldn't believe it. They would write the music, and Barry would come up with the lyrics as they were right about to record. Almost wow. instantly, he'd say, "Okay, here's the lyrics to Jive Talk." He would just start playing it, and he'd come up, "Jive Talking." Wow. It's just that he came up with the lyrics right then and there. So that see, that's, that's like a prime so example. Pleasant. You're yes. a writer, so write. Yep. <laughs> Oh, and I almost forgot the name of the other documentary is called Echo in the Canyon. So Echo oh, okay. in the Canyon and the Bee gotcha. Check out those two. Yeah. All right. I got it. I'm, I'm I have marking a whole it list down for on my you. list. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What was the name of the song? Your father gave you a title and you went back in record time, wrote a song and said, here you go. I got a song. That was Let There Be Light. Oh, what? wow. That was, you know, because I had a vibe, you know. You know, I, I had a vibe at the time going back to the feeling and the sentiment. I was like, okay, you know, I have this vibe, you know, that I'm going for. I, I know how I want it to feel. And then he texts me. He's like, hey, you know, I just had just this random, you know, title because 
it was important for me to have a concept when putting this album together, you know, tying in the biblical allegory with, you know, my journey, my personal journey and everything was, you know, it was, it, it fully materialized at the beginning of this year, actually. Mm -hmm. And once we had that, everything else fell into place so easily. And, you know, my pops was like, Hey, you know, the, the album's called Genesis. You know, what if, you know, here's, here's a song title for you. Let there be light. I was like, okay. And 30 minutes, the song was written. Wow. At three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very, very impressive. You know what I like about you? And I think it's so great is that, you know the importance of obviously being a great musician, but you also know how important it is to be a performer as well. You know that keep the people entertained. So you do the best of both. You're a great musician, but you also know it's important to be a performer. So you had you mix the both. Yeah. And a lot of that, I'm not even gonna lie, that comes from the school of Sheila E again. Yeah. <laughs> uh I mean, she has this running around. She's like, if you're not moving, I mean, you better be moving. <laughs> You bet. I better see you, you know, you know, not not just tapping your foot either. You got to you got to, you know, keep the people entertained. We're here to put on a show, you know. Yep. No, and, I love uh, that. help help them feel how you feel inside, you know, by outwardly express expressing it. Yeah, because for me, when I go to shows, if I really want to listen to the CD or listen to the album, I'll play it, sit at home, save the $80. I want to go and be entertained. I want to see the band get everybody into it. So I agree right. with you. I agree with Sheila. It's like the give the audience something that they paid for. Give some something they want. Give the people what they want. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so as I mentioned before, and you're a producer, you're an engineer. Um, what bands have you worked with recently? Do you still work with other bands in that capacity? Uh, yes. Um, I've done. Oh, my gosh. The, the name is escaping me, but um, I, when I can, you know, I work with um, some independents here locally in Minneapolis, and that's always a joy to kind of shine some light on, you know, local, the local scene, you know, as much as I can. There's um, some collaborators, um, some people I've collaborated with, um, the musicians that play with Stokely, actually. Um, Brandon Commodore here in Minneapolis, excellent drummer. He's drummer for Stokely. I've done some things for him. Um, I've... Uh, Ooh, uh, there's been a handful of other projects in LA. I mean, there's uh, different things happening all the time. Yep. Now, is it done more remotely now? Or do you still uh, during the pan? Yeah, that's why I say it's kind of hard to keep track of because during the pandemic, you know, that it was all remote, you know, yeah. and everybody was doing, you know, something remotely. And we even had a few like kind of remote, you know, concerts and whatnot. You know, it was really, it was one of those instances where it's like i wish i could just save this in like a time capsule because this is kind of hard to believe that we're doing this right now but yeah. you know you take every you try to take uh positive from every experience you have yeah no definitely i interviewed musicians around that time where they were playing drive-ins and they said it was so tough they're playing over by the screen and all they could hear are um, cars honking their horn they're like it's just not the same they really couldn't get into it but like you said you have to do what you have to do they were out there trying to make a living they were trying to still keep the music alive right. nobody could really be everybody was trying to social distance but it's just yeah it was really impossible for them to get into it and have as much fun as when you have like a, a huge crowd just getting into it right yeah exactly yeah. 
Exactly. And another thing I played on recently was uh, T.D. Jake's uh, new album. I was just pulling it up because I was like, I know there's something we I just did recently. Finally Loosed is the album. Okay. Uh, no Limit is the song uh, I played on as well. So like, yeah, there's stuff happening all the time, you know, um, and it's uh, I, I feel, you know, very blessed. For sure. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. It's like most people, I guess maybe more people realize now, but how important a producer is to the sound of the album. I want to give, of course, one example would be George Martin with the Beatles, how he, right. how he formed Beatles and like said, try this, why don't you do that? And then another one for me is uh, Rick Rubin, who's worked with pretty much oh, everybody. Yes. From yeah. the Beastie Boys to Slayer to Neil Diamond to Johnny Cash. I mean, he helped craft a sh- like a sound you know and the yeah. soundtrack to our lives a lot of you know if you really think about it you know yeah. he had his hands in it in some kind of way and it's just massive respect for that dude yeah yeah have you ever worked i mean met him and worked with him i've met him once i've i have not worked with him though okay yeah yeah because i, I love the fact that you know two people that came to mind like neil diamond was starting to lose popularity he brought him back and then johnny cash especially when he came out with that nine inch neil song hurt oh it's... that brought really brought him brought dude. him back so it's just that I love that. And it's funny, even with the songs that he produced with Eminem, uh, Dr. Dre did the rest of it. And the, without even knowing it, I said, these are my three favorite songs. And then I look at it, I'm like, Rick Rubin, Rick Rubin, Rick Rubin. Like, he just mm. knows what people like. He does. He yeah. has that ear. Yeah. He, the, the, he's, he's got the magic, for sure. Now, when you're a producer with these other bands, do you have that same kind of thing? Like, why don't you try this? Why don't you put this down and try this instrument? Or instead of guitar, use the piano? It's not that different from you know, kind of co-writing, you know, at least yeah. in terms of mindset, you yeah. know, it's, it, but it's in, like, it's important to try not to, not to stifle, you know, their creative voice as well, you know, um, because, you know, ultimately I feel that, you know, my job in, in, on the producer side is to <clears throat> help their vision, help the artist's vision come to life you know, and yeah. help it become fully realized. Um, and so if my, if only my vision is kind of convoluting every artistic idea, then we're kind of missing our mark, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that the mindset is, is kind of the same with writing and, and producing. Yeah. It's a great collaboration. I, mm-hmm. I, I love that. Have you ever been an engineer and a musician at the same time? And what was that experience like? Yes. Um, that was kind of, that kind of happened by accident a little bit. And that was with Sheila's, uh, iconic message for America album. Um, so we all go into the studio. I'm just a guitar player and, uh, we ended up having to replace the engineer and the person they replaced, uh, the engineer with was myself. And so I remotely controlled everything in the control room via my laptop in the, um, in the live room. And so we played everything down, you know, and if we needed to edit something or whatever, I'm like, okay, just give me two seconds. You know, I'm going to make this edit right quick. And it's like, okay, jam it on the one. Here we go. I, I love <laughs> it. We just powered through that way. Yeah. And uh, I ended up mixing that album as well. Yeah. Having fun and getting it done. Yeah. That's what it's about. As I mentioned throughout this whole interview, you played with pretty much everybody. Is there Anybody that you haven't played with yet that you would love to do a collaboration with? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I try to answer it differently every time I get yeah. it. Uh, one time I answered, who did I, what did I answer? Uh, I answered, 
that diamond in the rough artist that hasn't been discovered. That was mm -hmm. one of my answers. My second answer was uh, Mateus Asato. Who's that? To... Let's stop he's right a... there. Oh, he's a incredible, like, oh man, I'm such a big fan. I that as a guitarist, I way geek out because he's one of my favorites, favorite in a modern day guitarist uh, right now on the scene. Um, he, I think he recently got off a tour with Bruno Mars, uh, but ah. just an incredible guitar player. Um, just so expressive in his playing, you know, he just, he's one of those musicians that just plays from his heart, exactly what he feels in that moment. And uh, yeah, he's, he's a great, he's a great performer. I'd love to, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just going to throw out a name out there. Let's see. I'd love to do something with like Adele or something like that. Yes. That would be cool. That would be that a would great be awesome. collaboration. Yeah, that would be fun. You know, it seems like she would be fun to uh, do a collaboration with would be Lady Gaga as well. Yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. For sure. I That's loved when challenge. she, yeah, I loved when she performed with Metallica. Uh, to me, I was like, oh. so James Hetfield, move to the back. I want to see more Lady Gaga. She's <laughs> right. diving, moshing around, having a great yeah. time. She's, she's one that definitely knows how to put on a show for sure. Well, I, I asked this question because I always, as I mentioned before, I said there's the importance of being a great musician and a great performer. Do you have, like for me, example would be i'm trying to for best musician it's really hard for me to say who i think it would be but for great some of my greatest performers would be one paul mccartney i got a chance to see him right mm -hmm. before uh, his last tour he right before he turned 80 the guy played over three hours did 35 songs was still dancing around joking around laughing another one on the other side of the spectrum who used to put on a great show maybe he still does I haven't seen him in years is barry manilow that mm -hmm. guy is just fun he, yeah, because he wrote, he started off writing jingles. He did a whole thing with Kazoo, just getting the audience into it, bringing yep. women up on stage. Singing. So do you have um, a favorite performer slash musician, which, again, I know it would be impossible to pick, but do you have uh, some yeah, favorites? It's impossible to pick, but if I had to choose, I would definitely, I would say Prince for sure. Yes. No, no 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Cause um, he... Yeah, I mean, it's... It's like, you know, watching the Mozart of our time who happens to be, you know, one of the world's greatest performers at the, at the same time. So it's like that I, if I had to, if I had to pick, it's impossible to choose, but if I had to, I would say Prince. And the best part about that is you, you knew him since birth. So you probably, you didn't realize you were around greatness because no. to him it was just like, Hey, hi Prince. <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah, one, exactly. One of mom and dad's friends. I didn't, uh, yeah, again, I, everything I experienced at that young age was through the eyes of a child. And so, you know, it, um, I didn't fully appreciate it until I was older. And, you know, then looking back, I'm like, damn, you know, it's like, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy, but uh, really, I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah. Well, he's another one that played every instrument. He just, everything. Was, yeah. And from what I read, I saw a documentary on him and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they wanted somebody to produce his album. I don't know how old he was. Say he was like 19 or 20. Mm -hmm. I might have the ages up, but he goes, I'm producing it myself. I think it, I want to say it was Clive Davis. Maybe it wasn't, but it was somebody big. And he right. goes, I don't care who it is. I'm producing it. They're like, well, you're not going to get anywhere. He goes, I really don't care. And then he became Prince. Right. So he, he had at that young age, the confidence in himself to say, no, I don't need anybody. I'm going to do this myself and I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. I love right. that. I, I, and, uh, you know, I hope I'm not butchering the story cause it's not, not necessarily my story to tell, but I remember Sheila telling me, 
Um, I believe she was in the studio with uh, she was in the studio with someone as well. It, it might have even, even been her dad um, mm -hmm. in the same studio. And they were like, hey, there's this there's this kid over here that's doing his, his writing, he's playing everything, he's producing it himself. And, you know, everybody was just kind of in awe, you know, at, at even at that time, you know, because they knew that, you know, that's that's something special. It's, it's, it's irregular at that time. And it's, uh, you know, he's a he's an artist that'll stand the test of time for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then they had that great, how long were they, they did the Purple Rain tour and uh, how long did they perform together after that? Oh, on, on and off. Him, know, yeah. him and Sheila, yeah, on, on and off throughout their career. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Yeah. All right, so in a business that has so many ups and downs, what do you attribute your success to? Mm. Just staying positive. Mm -hmm. Just trying to stay positive and see this silver lining in everything as best you can and you know try to take something positive from every experience whether you feel it's great or not so great yeah you know and just i've said it a couple times but tie that into in just not underestimating your ability and the power of you know just staying at it staying consistent you know when you can't stay motivated at least stay consistent because that consistency will breed motivation and you'll exactly. keep going Yep. You know, I'm, in, I'm inspired already. <laughs> I, 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 I have that same mentality because when I was in radio, one of the things they taught us was that radio was 90% attitude, 10% talent. They said, if you go in there, <laughs> listen, in, in a way it is like, if you go in there thinking like, no, I'm good enough. Give me that mic. And if you, you're, you're going to, you're, you obviously get better the more you do it, but right. if you have that confidence it's going to make you better. It's going to make you more sure of yourself. It's just uh, instead of going in there and quivering and stuttering, just go in there and say, I got this. Yeah, so I, 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 I love that. So I'm guessing it's in the same vein. What advice would you give to a musician who said, I want to get into the music business, music business now? Yeah. Um, so on the practical side, um, I, well, it, it kind of depends. Um, but if it's, a musician, if let's say it's an aspiring musician, record yourself all the time, document your progress. Um, you know, that is a huge help and utilize technology that we have today. You know, that's what I tell young musicians a lot. I used to, I used to teach in my early years and, um, you know, that's what I would, that's a piece of advice that I would give, um, to aspiring musicians. We have technology that I would just kill for, you know, if I was, you know, a young musician today, you know, the fact that we can slow records down and, you know, listen to it like mill by in milliseconds, you know, or slow videos down live concert footage frame by frame. Oh, how did they do that? How, how did Joe Satriani make his guitar sound like that? Oh, you know, I remember, you know, I remember cassette tapes, you know, I remember, you know, my parents' vinyl, you know, it's like, if you wanted to listen to something, it's like, oh man, how, how the freak did they do that? And then you're, you know, rewinding the cassette and then the cassette unravels and you have to get the pencil and you have to twist it and fix it all back together, you know, and then you go CDs and it's like, oh great, no, you know, but then they skip or they get scratched and, you know, how do you slow that down? It's just, you know, we live in a technology age, so take advantage of it. You know, you can literally learn how to do anything you want, you know, with with YouTube. <laughs> so oh, so yeah. just just get to work. The world is your oyster. Yep. Yeah, I had a friend of mine 
he had his computer with him and I said, wow, this song's great. Who, who wrote that? Or what, what band is it? He goes, oh, that's me playing my guitar. It sounded, I mean, as you said, mm. you can just record something and make it sound so professional. You don't have to go into a studio if you don't want to. You can record your own self, hear how you sound. And speaking of um, going back, I can go back to the days of the A-track when you really couldn't figure out what they were oh, doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I thought that was like high tech at the time. I had my boom box with the eight track player. I was the coolest kid in the block, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, before I'm having such a great time talking to you, I really do appreciate you being Likewise. on Likewise. Yeah. That's so, so great to be here. Thank you for having me. In the, in the intro, I mentioned this. And I don't, I, I want to talk about this. I heard that as a youngster, you did voiceovers. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, I don't know. I don't even remember how I first landed it. You know, things kind of get cloudy after a certain point. Um, but uh, I did a lot of interesting voiceovers for startups for a time. Um, it, it, I was like, oh, I listened. I listened to um, might have been on you know one of those like talent, you know, uh, uh, talent agency website sort of things. Yeah. Oh, we're looking for this or that, and I was like you know, listen to some samples. I was like, shoot, I can do that, you know? And so I, you know, put on my, you know, voiceover hat and, you know, uh, I can't remember how many I did. It was a few hundred of those actually. Wow. Yeah. So you might hear, you know, my voice, you know, in some random ad sometime somewhere. Um, but yeah, no super major brands, but a lot of great and interesting startups. Very cool. Do you ever yeah. get these two cent residual checks? <laughs> no. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> All right. So what's next for Michael Gabriel and uh, where can people find you? Yes. Uh, so people can uh, find my album, Genesis, uh, everywhere you stream music. Michael Gabriel, Michael with a Y, by the way. Um, is my social handle, michaelgabriel.com. You can find all the latest news and uh, news on upcoming tours for 2023 you have to look forward to. And uh, yeah, that's a that's about it. Is there going to be a, maybe a possible follow-up to Genesis? Oh, dude, yes. <laughs> yes, and, and, and without giving too many spoilers, there's going to be multiple follow-ups to Genesis. Well, you know what? Multiple. Every time you have a follow-up, you got to come back on the show and promote it. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, Michael, just like the title of your last song, I'm sure we will see you again. Oh, dude, I see what you did. Ah, you see what I did there? Huh? I love it. Yes. How oh, I tied it all oh, together. Oh, man. Dude, that is aw that is epic status right there. Yes. I love it. All right. That wraps up the latest episode of The Claws Corner. A huge thanks goes out to writer, producer, arranger, engineer, mixer, musician, singer, and voiceover actor, Michael Gabriel, for taking time out of his very busy schedule to be on the show. I really do appreciate it. I also need to thank editor extraordinaire John Bristol of Elmwood Productions for always doing a superb job editing the show each week and making it available to all. And lastly, but definitely not least, I need to thank you, the viewer, for always tuning in. Enjoy your day, everyone.
all of a sudden I hear bim, bim. <laughs> What's the diaphragm again? <laughs> We caught one. They're supposed to be weird. Oh, yeah, no. If you say so. I've always wanted to be in a movie. Waiting around for autumn. Waiting around for autumn. I was watching the TV. I was watching the TV.